Hey there, welcome to Jam with Jen, Empowering Your Pivot. I'm an ex-corporate girl turned chiropractor who is on a mission to help others make their dream a reality. I'll be sharing real stories from people who have made that leap into living a life of success on their terms. Making the leap isn't always sunshine and rainbows, but it's about showing you that you too can have the freedom of life you desire. So let's jump right in. All right, welcome everybody back to another episode of Jamming with Jen. Today I have Danielle Lorenz on, and we met at the Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within event. Um, so I randomly just sat down next to a couple, and just so happened that we are only like an hour and a half. We only live like an hour and a half away from each other. So both from Wisconsin, um, and then we ended up hanging out pretty much the whole event. So welcome, Danielle. Hello, Jen. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So do you want to tell the viewers a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I work professionally um, in the marketing and operations industry for performing arts. So what we do is we provide and add value to the lives of students from an events and education standpoint. Um, in my personal life, um, I, 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 I try to live a fully functional and sustainable life. So whether that's health and wellness, gardening, hunting, camping, like gearing up to live a fully functional and sustainable life is really the goal of myself and then also my husband. Yeah, perfect. And you, uh, you used to be a teacher, correct? Correct. So okay. I have a degree in English education. Um, I was an English educator for four years and then made a pretty big pivot into the corporate and business world yeah. um, about in 2018. Okay, so a few years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, and that, I mean, that's a pretty big change, I feel like, from teaching mm -hmm. to corporate America. But yeah, very cool. It is, but I think like what I really learned was that the skills that you have as an educator are so transferable to different industries. And so like, once you learn kind of what those soft skills are and how to translate them into a business perspective, there, there actually is a lot of crossover. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so you and your husband are very, do things very like sustainable. You're very into like fitness and everything. Um, is that really like the mission of like your, your kind of life between the two of you or um, your mission through like business? My overall mission is to help people discover that they are able to belong to something bigger than themselves. So okay. in business, I get to do that with students. As a teacher, I had the privilege of doing that with all of my students, showing them kind of what their path is, helping them find their mission and how they can belong to something bigger than themselves. Um, mm -hmm. Now I have the privilege the uh, privilege of doing that on a different level. I get to kind of take a step back and through our events and education, help them, but like find opportunities to belong to a life, a community, a vibe that's bigger than just them and just their, their, their team. In my personal life, I think that really comes back to nature um, and belonging to like more of the local community, belonging to the world, be like being a global citizen. That's, that's really who I am and what I want to be. And um, 
Donnie, my husband and I both share that mission very, very closely. I love it. So when you were making that pivot out of corporate America, or I'm sorry, out of teaching into corporate America, um, how did you make that decision? I think a lot of people, when they're looking for their next career move, they're looking for a position and Mm -hmm. not seeking a like-minded mission. So um, as an education major, what students are taught is how to make yourself appealing to another school, like to your next teaching position, to your next administrative position. So what they don't really show you is how the skills that you're learning as a teacher are transferable anywhere other than teaching or kind of an education-based field. Um, And that was really a challenge that I ran into because the question in my my mind at the time, because this was a huge career move, was what can I do? Like, what is my next job going to be? I know I want to make a big shift. How am I going to do that? And when I really sat down and looked at the skill set, it wasn't really about what's what next job is going to make me happy. It's what am I leaving behind in, in, in teaching that I really care about that I don't want to lose in my next job. And so what I ended up looking at was the values and the missions of the organization that I was um, joining. And fortunately, those missions aligned very, very well. I still got to impact students, I still had an opportunity to help them belong to something greater than themselves. Um, And I looked at career moves in general from a very different point of view. It's not about the position. You know, you can be a marketing director or a CFO, um, but that doesn't matter if you don't feel fulfilled in like within yourself. So Mm -hmm. The question now is what mission do I want to follow and what problem do I want to solve? Not what job do I want? I love that. It's a, it's a bigger picture than when you look at it. It's like a, a, a better foundation. And mm-hmm. when you align yourself with like the right mission of life, you're not kind of bouncing around as much. And, and I think too, sorry. Yeah, nope, keep going. And I think too that the nine to five doesn't become a chore if you really believe in what you're doing. And if you know that you work with a team that believes in what they're doing and you all share that mission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you get to all work together to move that mission forward and make that Mm -hmm. massive change within the world. Absolutely. So, yeah, I feel like that's almost like the core foundation of when people I mean, I used to work in corporate America, so I understand that like when you are keeping people in an organization, like having that same, the values, having the same values, having the same mission, really keep people within one organization. Mm -hmm. And they want to grow. The shift um, opened up the opportunity for me to live my personal mission outside of the workplace. Um, We all know like teachers work very long hours. And so finding time to really develop my personal mission Mm -hmm. Um, was quite difficult. And so making that shift into corporate America allowed me not only to, and to this company specifically, allowed me to not only continue fulfilling my professional mission, but also to take a step back and really look at my personal mission and give time and energy and practice to who I am in my home, who I am as a spouse, um, who I am as a friend and a community member. And so now everything I do from professional to personal life has an aligned mission. And that's such a rewarding feeling. 
Yeah, that's perfect. So when you were making, I shouldn't say pivoting, but when you started getting more sustainable with, um, you know, like gardening and hunting and all of those types of things, was that something you always grew up with or was that something you changed um, in your adult life? So my parents have one, one, one acre of, of land in small town, suburban America. Um, but they always had a massive garden in, in the backyard. So growing up, we would spend the summers tending to the garden in the fall, we would harvest and we would can my mom and I would spend days and days and days canning and prepping food. So fresh, sustainable growing was something that became very much so a part of who I am. When I went off to college, I really missed that aspect. You know, when you're in the dorms, when you're in an apartment, that becomes very difficult to live that mm -hmm. same kind of lifestyle. Um, and I wanted to, to ensure that no matter where I was in my adult life, I was able to provide that same amount of value. And so when we bought our house in 2018, um, it needed to be a house that could sustain life in the yard. So we established um, our tiny little garden that I love very much. Um, we tend it religiously and it's honestly, it's like a centerpiece of the neighborhood. We don't really have a good backyard that's conducive to growing. So everything's in the front yard and it's something that's become like a point of pride for us. We have this beautiful garden that we get to cultivate and develop every day. Um, even in the winter time, you know, we're taking care of it. We find ways that we can keep all of the soil very fertile and fresh for the next growing season. And it's, it's, it's really something that now we're looking at, okay, what does the next phase of our life look like when we go out of this home? How do we ensure that we can take that quality of life with us? Mm -hmm. um, and so right now the goal is to purchase more land, be able to create a larger <laughs> garden, um, more of a homesteading environment that will be as self-sustainable as possible. Very cool. I think gardening is one of those things that you really learn like patience. You understand like the seasons of not just the seasons of like winter and summer and spring and when everything happens, but then it's like the seasons of life too. So mm -hmm. yeah, very, very cool. So as you were making the pivot in this, like in the workforce, did you have any, any critics um, that weren't, or maybe not critics, but people that, that we're like, are you sure you're making the right move? I think you're always going to have those, those critics, um, you know, going into a teaching environment, the, the, the criticism was, you know, you're not going to make a lot of money. You're not going to be able to live the kind of life that you want to live. Is this really the career that you want to go into? Yes, this is the career that I want to go into. This makes me happy. This brings me joy. I feel like I'm fulfilling my personal mission. And then it's funny because the same people who were my critics going into teaching were the same people who were my critics coming out of teaching. And I think it's more so people like to question uncertainty mm -hmm. and people like to question um, other people's success instead of focusing on themselves. Um, but the question became, you know, how are you going to find a job? You're a teacher. You don't have the skills that are able to be transferred to another industry or to another career field. Um, you're not going to make a lot of money. You're going to have to cut your salary and go back to being a starting salary person. It's like, but at the end of the day, what do you care about? 
what mm-hmm. is it that's going to bring you fulfillment? And it, it was interesting that these are the same critics who, you know, questioned me going into a move and then questioned me going out of a move. Um, but I think you're always going to have them. And it really matters how much stock you put into their, their words and how much weight you give to their definition of your value and your worth in what you choose to do. Yeah, absolutely. I was on a call last night um, and KK from the Tony Robbins group, I think it was her who brought it up, but it was like, if you like constantly listen to what other people are telling you, um, you'll never do big things with your life. So, because you're just living for them and not for yourself. And I was like, that's great. And I'm like paraphrasing it, but it was, I wrote it down and it was much more bold and bigger. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, did you have any like cheerleaders in the background, like cheering you on as you made that pivot? Absolutely. I have an incredibly supportive husband. Um, He is my biggest advocate, my biggest supporter, my cheerleader. Um, And he really encouraged me to make that move as long as it was going to fulfill my personal mission. He was like, I don't care what you do. I want you to be happy. And that was mm-hmm. like what I needed to hear, you know? And um, he was able to like, look at my resume and look at my skills and help me put that into a business perspective because he's in the business world. He's a small business owner. Um, and having him as my biggest support system was, was absolutely crucial. Um, I had the support of a few of my fellow teachers also like, we're going to miss you. You're really good in this, this, this role, but how can we help you in the, in this transition? Um, and that, that also spoke volumes, you know, when your colleagues want to see you get to that next level and they're Mm -hmm. not just trying to keep you there because it's going to improve their, their organization. It's how is this person going to improve any organization that they're a part of and having that kind of a support meant so much. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, is that the people who are always cheering you on, like those people have usually visions and goals for their own life too, because they understand that if you want to do big things, like you have to set those things and you, you have to have like a vision of where you want to take your life. Mm -hmm. And those are the people too, who ask the right questions. You know, they, they, they ask you if the prudent risk that you're accepting is prudent risk is a good amount of risk. They, they ask how you're going to fulfill what you want to, um, accomplish. You know, they, they, they ask the right questions to get you thinking about the positives and the negatives of what you're really looking to accomplish. Mm -hmm. What do you think the most challenging part of that pivot was for you? The uncertainty. Um, not really knowing if I was going to be a valuable asset in a career that wasn't my degree. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we grew up in a time when like your, your degree mattered. And I think that it's mattering less and less now. It's more about the skills that you have and the skills that you're able to acquire. But, you know, when, when, when we were in college, it wasn't like that. It was, this is your life. Like this piece of paper is going to decide your future. And mm-hmm. so that, that, that uncertainty of, am I cut out for corporate America? Am I cut out for marketing or operations or, 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 and that constant self-talk um, was probably the biggest challenge. Like I needed to shut that off 
turn off my own mouth and listen to my heart. Mm -hmm. Were you able to do that like easily, or did you have like a practice that you did ever to, to kind of shut that voice off in your head? Um, I think the biggest thing that really helped me, like I'm, I'm very much so a visual person. So writing out what my new resume was going to look like and writing out what exactly I want to accomplish in my life um, was the most helpful thing. Like I'm not, I'm not a very good meditator. Um, so I, I, I just have to have something that's more concrete. And mm -hmm. so being able to sit down and look at, okay, this is like, this is what I'm able to do from a skill set perspective, but also writing out what my five-year goal was, what my 10-year goal was, like, who is the person that I want to be down the road? And what I found out is that nothing that I had written down had anything to do with a position. It had everything to do with, like, who am I, who am I helping? What is my impact? What is my purpose? And I'm still, like, looking for that purpose, but I think I've got my mission pretty well hammered down at this point. Yeah. And I think that will sh shift and change like as you, you grow and change yourself too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What do you think um, was the most rewarding through that pivot? Um, for me, the two things, the most important piece of my pivot was that I was able to continue supporting students. I love working with kids. Um, and so I was, I was grateful that I still had an opportunity to impact them on a different level. Um, but the other thing too, was I learned so much about myself and my own abilities through this shift. You know, I had kind of put myself in this very narrow lane of opportunity, um, where there was one, maybe two different pathways that I could grow. And I was very proud of the outcome when I learned that, you know, I have all of these options available to me and it no longer became about, you know, what is the next career move that I'm going to make? It became again about what are the next, like, what is the next mission that I get to help fulfill for a company? I love that. Um, <clears throat> if you could tell your, your five-year-old self anything, what would you tell her? Ooh, I have a, I have a lot to tell her. She's a child that needs to hear a lot of good, a lot of good things. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that you are not defined by someone else's metrics mm -hmm. is the single most important thing that I needed to hear growing up as a child. It's not what other people want to see from me. It's not what other people want to see me accomplish. My value comes from within. And other people's metrics are not me. Um, the other thing that I would really tell her is a salmon swims up the stream to get to the best breeding ground. So you've got to go through the challenges. You've got to go through a little bit of adversity, sometimes a lot of adversity to get to your best mental breeding ground. Where does your best work come from? It comes from going through, through those challenges. Um, and that standing alone in that challenge can be a fun place to be. It's gritty, but it can be a fun place to be. Yeah, that's perfect. And you're a big CrossFitter. So I feel like you get like the analogy of like, if you want to work a muscle, you have to like do one more rep or do, you know what I mean? Like to, yep. to build the muscle, you have to do hard things. And you've, and you've got to break it down to build it back up. 
Like yeah. there's, there's, there's a level of doing so like doing the work and feeling worn out from it because it's hard, but from that difficulty, you mm-hmm. just keep getting stronger. Yes. Yeah. That's perfect. Do you have any books or podcasts that you recommend? So I'm a big, um, I'm a big ad advocate for Brene Brown. She's my girl. Um, she came into my life at a time when I really needed her perspective and her way of approaching the world and mindset. Um, she talks a lot about whole, wholehearted living. Um, and I've, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of her, of her podcast, of her work. Um, Tim Ferriss is another person that I listen to pretty religiously. I think he has a very positive perspective on things. And um, I think he has a desire to share the same mission of, you know, helping people find their belonging, you know, be a part of something that's greater than themselves. I think that's one of his strong, strong messages. A book that I think every single person should read is The Alchemist. Um, I read it every year in December. Um, I'm about 30 pages from the end right now. It's sitting on my desk for my lunch period. Um, and I, it is, it's one of those books that's very simple to read, but carries a hefty message. And every year that I read it, I find different value in it. Um, so I do think that that's a book everyone should pick up and give a read. It's the one book that I gift again and again and again. I saw that you had sent it to Amanda. I did. And how she had read it in, <laughs> in like a day, I think. And she read I've, it in a day. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've read it, but it's probably been like two years since I've read the book. Um, so I need to I get give back it another go. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after Tony, like yes. the messages just keep coming. Like here's a parallel. Here's a parallel. <laughs> it's everywhere. Maybe, um, maybe I'll take it. I'm, I have a flight this weekend, so maybe I'll take it to the airport to read. There you go. Um, yeah. I think the biggest message from that book, um, that rings true every time I pick it up is when you're in pursuit of your personal mission, the entire world is conspiring to help you. And I think that goes for the supporters as well as the critics, you know, they are just mm-hmm. as much a part of your growth as the people who are in your corner. Yeah. And that goes back to almost the Brene Brown. So Brene Brown, like introduced me to the whole man in the arena. Um, and after I heard the, after I had read through the man in the arena, it really made me realize like when people were critiquing me or the critics who didn't enjoy what I was doing, I was like, well, like they haven't done this before. So they're just, they don't have that certainty or whatever that might be. Um, but that's on them. That's not on me. Someone told me once that if you wouldn't accept advice from a person, you shouldn't accept criticism from them either. Yeah. Um, but yes, the man in the arena speech is a large part of my, of my day to day. Yeah. That's good advice though, that if you, if you won't take their advice, like don't take their criticism. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Any other advice that you would like to share with the listeners? You know what, ironically enough, perhaps not ironically, um, was that arena bit, you know, if they are not in the arena with you, then they don't get to criticize you. Perfect. I think if you haven't read that man in the arena, definitely go check it out because absolutely 
it'll shift your your view on things. All right, any and if do you want to share like where people can find you or connect with you? Sure. So um, I am on LinkedIn, Danielle Laverins, um, and you can also find me Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for listening through another episode of Jamming with Jen. If you liked the episode, definitely share it out with a friend. And if you're looking to connect with me more, follow me on Instagram. The handle is Jamming with Jen podcast, or you can always head over to the website at jenforstner.com. Thank you so much again and have a great day.